Two Kids and a Career is a production of Jill Divine Media. And baby carrots are so easy, okay? Mm-hmm. So like they just come this bag and you can just take them out and like put them in your lunch. And then you get out your lunch and you take out what you have and you're like, baby carrots? I don't want to eat baby carrots. Like these are so gross. Like they're not good. So then I go on this mission to make baby carrots less disappointing. And I'm trying all these like different dips. And it turns into like I have never gotten so many DMs about anything in my life more than baby carrots and what I should eat them with. Um, I like, I legit quit. Like I deleted my Instagram for a whole week because of the baby carrots. <laughs> like people don't, like everyone has an opinion. Evoke Creative is a proud sponsor of Two Kids and a Career. They help small business owners like me brand with purpose and market with intent. The ladies at Evoke Creative will help make your digital presence known. Learn more at evokecco.com. That's evokecco.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most Most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. All right. This week's guest, man, I have quite the backstory on you, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, where do we even begin? Who knows? But... Um, Sarah Renfro is joining me and I will go back to episode 47, dealing with depression and anxiety, having Jesus in your life and seeking the still with Laura Fleetwood, who happens to be Sarah's sister. And I actually mentioned you in that episode. You sure Um, did. That's the only reason I listened to it. (laughs) At least you're being honest. That's what I like about you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So uh, I want to do a little bit of a backstory on this because it's just so, I don't know, I guess maybe it's just me and it's so funny to me, but it, 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 again, small world, it's one of those things that people always talk about, but then it happens and you're like, yes, again, small world. So, um, how I met Sarah, Sarah goes to the same church that I do, Messiah Lutheran. And at the time, you, what were you doing? I mean, I didn't even know your job description at that time. So I was a children's ministry assistant. Okay. Um, so I was basically in charge of like the zero to two year olds. So I would teach that class. And then I was also like setting up for all the early childhood classes. Um, but I was just teaching that zero to two year old class. Okay. So that's how I met Sarah because at the time, Lou would go in to your classroom and while well, I went to church. And then one day you said, Hey, would you like to volunteer in here? And yes. I was like, Sure. So <laughs> that's where everything kind of just transpired. So I would come and volunteer, and it would just, with this other amazing woman, Amy, and I, formed this friendship with Sarah and Amy. And then one day I, and this is what I mentioned in that episode with your sister. I remember being at church one day and there was a woman singing on stage and she had a tattoo on her wrist and I had been thinking about one. And um, then Sarah, I think it, yes, now it's all coming back to me. So I came in to volunteer or drop Lou off and you showed me your tattoo on your wrist. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh my gosh, there's this woman on stage who has this tattoo has been making me want to get one. And you're like, that's my sister. (laughs) What the hell? Like, how does this all work? Yes. Of course. I mean, I know it's funny probably for us and maybe the listeners like, um, okay, get on with it. But no, it was just like, yes. 
And then like, once you know that, you can't unsee it because right. we sound exactly the same and we like look really <laughs> similar, but it's like you don't really like know that until you know and then yes. it's creepy and weird. <laughs> it is just like, oh, okay. And I had said to you, I was like, oh, I've been wanting or I've been thinking about asking your sister to be on the podcast, but I don't know her or mm-hmm. anything. Would she come on? Because oh, yeah. I had started realizing that she was dealing with anxiety and uh, all that fun stuff. And you're like, yeah, absolutely. She would come on. Well, mm-hmm. then fast forward, Sarah and I were... Actually, it was before this. I, Amy's husband, Mike, had said something about Sarah and her 10,000 followers on Instagram. And I'm like, <laughs> damn, what? And so I didn't say anything to you then. But oh, funny. then what happened was we were volunteering for an event at our church. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm like, so tell me about these 10,000 followers. And then you could just see Sarah was sweating a little bit. Like it was a backstory like, oh, oh. Yes. And I kind of opened, is the right analogy, Pandora's box a little bit where it went to a serious conversation. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But it was just like, oh, Okay. <laughs> yes. And it's super random when people find out that I kind of like 10,000. But when people find out, because I don't like talk about it, you know, I would never like bring that up in a conversation with someone. So when people find out that I kind of have this like bigger following, it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a serious aspect to it. And then you're like, right. oh. And then so, of course, I- I'm talking to Sarah about this. And I'm like, oh, well, I, I would like for you to come on the podcast too. And you were like, okay, I'll do it. I'll talk about, you know, my stuff when I'm ready. And um, before we even dive into that, I mean, I just want to say that you make me smile Uh. every time I see you and every time I see your stuff on social media, because I can just, because I know you, like Uh I hear your voice in the words that you're typing Mm -hmm. and it just makes me smile. Like you're not sugarcoating things. You are totally real. And I just appreciate it so much. And you just take some of the silliest things like baby carrots (laughs) and just make it so fun. Would you like to explain the baby carrot situation? Oh my gosh. So like baby carrots. Okay. So I just this year started working as the secretary um, at Messiah Lutheran School, which is the church that the school that's attached to our church and all four of my kids go there. And I just became the secretary this year. So, you know, I'm like packing these little lunches to like take to work (laughs) and baby carrots are so easy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like they just come this bag and you can just take them out and like put them in your lunch and then you get out your lunch and you take out what you have and you're like, baby carrots? I don't want to eat baby carrots. Like these are so gross. Like they're not good. They're not good. So I started, of course, this is all like on my Instagram stories. I'm talking about how like baby carrots are just not good. So then I go on this mission to make baby carrots less disappointing. And I'm trying all these like different dips. And it turns into like I have never gotten so many DMs about anything in my life more than baby carrots and what I should eat them with. You guys, it turned into like this huge scandal. I have to like every time I talk about baby carrots, I have to turn off my comments because I will get 200 DMs about baby carrots and I cannot like I can't deal with it. Um I like I legit quit like I deleted my Instagram for a whole week because of the baby carrots. <laughs> like people don't like you know, it's like Everyone has an opinion about what you should eat with baby carrots. So they just let me know. You're like, like, oh, I'm just one person. But when you get all, you know, they're like, have you tried ranch? (laughs) Have you tried hummus? Um, yes, I have tried ranch and hummus. I'm just not talking about those right now because it's like obvious that I've tried ranch and hummus. Okay. So anyway, it's like this whole thing now. And every time I say anything about baby carrots, I have to turn off my comments and it's just, it's hilarious. It's, it's funny and it's like maddening all at the same time. And it's just a thing now. 
<laughs> what was the what was the number five out of five star? I can't remember what okay, was the product. Okay, so um, there was one. I haven't had a ten out of ten yet. Well, oh. I actually have, but I haven't um, I haven't talked about it yet. I'm keeping oh. that one under wraps for a while. Okay, uh, but like the nine out of ten, and this is just to make baby carrots slightly less disappointing. Like this isn't making them like delicious or anything. It's just making them less disappointing. This like um, artichoke dip from Aldi is like really good with baby carrots. It doesn't really make the baby carrots super good, but it makes them less disappointing. I can't um, and so, about baby carrots. I'm serious. Like these, so these are the things that um, I talk about on Instagram. And what you and I will probably get into, I don't really talk about at all. Um, like that was how the, f- the whole food situation, um, yes. that was how I got a whole bunch of followers. Um, and then I didn't do that at all. And then I came back. So almost a year ago, it was December 2nd is when I came back and the f- food stuff was done. Um, and I just started like talking about and doing whatever I want. And so baby carrots is what's up these like days. Baby carrots. <laughs> like when you say, I mean, first of all, I, who would have ever thought that I would be doing a podcast episode where like the <laughs> majority of the first half of it is about baby carrots. But like when you say baby carrots, like it's like a name, like, oh, baby carrots, baby carrots in the house. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's like, it's the craziest topic that like everyone has an opinion about. It's so funny. And just like so much randomness. It makes me happy. It, you know, like it makes me happy. Do they have as an opinion like the Starbucks though? Because that oh makes gosh. me maddening. Like, <laughs> I think I did. I say to my best friend Rachel, I'm like, you should just follow Sarah just to watch her Starbucks stories. Yeah. So again, Starbucks is also very disappointing. So I find lots of things disappointing. Well, that's not true. I have like just very low expectations, and so I'm like. Nah, when things aren't really that good. Um, I think like my life philosophy is that things are never as bad as everyone says and things are never as good as everyone says. Yeah. Like I'm just kind of like living in the middle. Um, and so, yeah, I'm like Starbucks. No. So, yeah, I, I did a series, you know, <laughs> where I would get Starbucks and now I'm boycotting them because they burned me one too many times. Um, yeah, it's just like everything is disappointing. But also... I get like so much joy out of just the little things. So it's really kind of a weird (laughs) thing I have going on. (laughs) I would always get like when you would say, okay, give me your first suggestion. I'm going to get it. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Why are you wasting your money on these suggestions Mm -hmm. that you don't even, that a lot of times you didn't like? I'm like, don't do it, Sarah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's just fun. Like it's really fun, and you would not believe um, how many comments I get saying like you've got to keep doing these drink reviews. Like it makes me so happy. Um, you know, they're like eat and drink all the things, find them mediocre, tell us about it. Like it's so it's just so funny the things that people like to watch. Like I have no idea why people watch what I do, um, but they like it, and <laughs> it's just you know my, I'm just here living my life, and people are watching, and it's fun. So fun. <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, I'm just in tears because I'm laughing and I'm just it's sometimes you just have to do that. Like you just have to. I mean, and there's nobody else that can replicate what you're doing. It's just. Yeah. And she loves I mean, sequins. You know, Sarah loves sequins. She oh, loves yes. sparkly stuff. It's oh, yes. just fun. You're just fun. I'm just trying to have fun, you know, like, let us have some fun, people. Quit oh. giving me suggestions about the baby carrots. They ought to ruin everything. You okay. Don't just, uh, <laughs> you have four kids. Four. Yes, I do. Four kids. Um, yeah. How do you manage? Just like, whatever. Yes. Um, <laughs> and they're older now. Yes. It's like, whatever. So, you know about the Enneagram stuff. Yes. Um, so I'm, yeah, so I'm a nine. And okay. so everything is just kind of like, eh, it's fine. It'll work out. You know, like I don't get too stressed about anything. I like to just not be too busy, you know. So even when I had four little kids, it was just kind of like, well, this is fine. You know, I don't get like stressed about stuff. 
Um, so, but they're older now. And so my oldest is in seventh grade and my youngest is in kindergarten. And I mean, they're just pretty self-sufficient, you know, um, I get to go out on my walks and, um, my husband's working from home right now. He's been working from home since March. Um, so yeah, like I go out and do my stuff and I mean, I love my family so much, but I don't feel guilty about being away from them. Um, so I think that's, it's like a, it's a personality thing, um, as much as anything. Yeah, I feel like I'm struggling, like, just, and I don't know if it's because of their ages, but I think, okay, I, I'm having such a hard time with two. What would it be like if I had mm-hmm. more? But then I, I go back and forth, like, I've talked to people that I said, I feel like my fuse is so short with them and that this is what they're going to remember. And they're just going to remember me being just yelling. And I've talked to a lot of moms that are like, that's just, that happens. That happens. You're not a bad mom. Mm -hmm. And it's just hard because then you, you, I think the other pressure on me is I I always hear people say with older kids, like, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss this. You're going to really, really, you know, take it all in and enjoy every single second. And there are things that I don't enjoy (laughs) at this age at all. Like I hate car seats. I mean, I like car seats for the safety, but I hate that whole process. Mm -hmm. And so then I start, Mm -hmm. it's me. I start doing this stuff in my head, like, oh, you're going to want to be, have them in car seats one day when they're older. And it's just, no, you're not. I do it to myself. No, you're not, not going to miss car seats. Yeah. Like, again, things are as bad as, like, everyone kind of makes them out to be, and they're not, like, as great as everyone makes them out to be. And I think, like, each – and, again, it's a personality thing. But for me, like, every stage has these, like, wonderful things, and every stage has these not-so-wonderful things. And so you just enjoy, you know, as much as you can of where you are and – you know, you can't worry about all that little stuff. And, um, okay, first of all, I'm not an expert in anything. Like I (laughs) should not be giving advice at all. (laughs) Um, but you know, like just let go. That's what I'm having trouble with. Yeah. And it's not hard for me to let go because again, like, you know, for me to say, oh, it's so easy to just let go. It's not easy for a lot of people. You know, we're all so different and we have different personalities and we have different hearts and minds and goals. Um, so for for me to say, you know, oh, just, you just lighten up, everything's fine. Well, it's not that easy for a lot of people. It's not that easy for you. Um, right. So, you know, my job is to just listen, you know, when you have things that you want to talk about and say, yeah, um, I get that and it's going to be okay, you know. And love. Like, I mean, yeah. there's no denying that I love my daughters with all my heart and, mm-hmm. and then some. I mean, they'll never, ever, I hope they'll never say that they didn't feel that way. It's just, it is certain things that I need to let go. And um, yeah, that's a personality thing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. You want to talk about something serious now? Sure. <laughs> talk <laughs> about your... I mean, and, it, and we don't have to make it serious, obviously. Yeah. Oh, gosh, no. I can make anything not serious. <laughs> <laughs> Baby carrots. Yeah. Um, go. So go. we're going to go back to what I was saying about asking you about how you got 10,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And you talked to me briefly about it. And you did say at that time, you said, what was that? That was February of last year. So yeah. or this year. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah this February year. this year oh, was like, uh, night, to, night to Shine. That was yeah. so fun. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm so disappointed that it's, I mean, at least we're going to be doing it, even though it's virtual, but um, Night to Shine is just to briefly explain, it is a prom for individuals with special needs. And it was just, oh, it was beautiful and amazing. Yeah. And yeah, anyway, you so should fun. get involved if you have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But it was then when you started talking to me a little bit about the 10,000 followers and mm-hmm. you told me that you weren't ready to talk about openly like on a podcast about the reason why you had that many followers, but you would be. And you did some posts on Instagram about what you had been struggling with and yes. what you continue to struggle with. And I thought it was a really good time to have you on now. Um, 
especially because of the holidays Mm. and thinking about the struggle that some people will face. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how deep you want to go, but you want to just kind of dive into it? Yeah. So this all, okay, well, it has to do with food. Um, and body image and all of those things that women have been dealing with our entire lives. Um, and men too, like, let's not say that that, uh, you know, doesn't affect men because it certainly does. Um, so let's see, several years ago, I became a Whole30 coach. I don't know if you've heard of the Whole30. Um, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like, um, it's, kind of like an elimination diet where you take out all of these um, foods that have been, that are commonly problematic um, for people for 30 days. Um, And you just, you don't eat certain foods and you do eat certain foods um, and you just see what happens. It's kind of an experiment. And so I had quite the history um, with the Whole30 and they Start. They started the coaches program, and I jumped at the at the chance. Um, I was a stay at home mom at the time, um, so I was one of the very first um, Whole Thirty coaches. And so I just started, um, you know, a, a Facebook page and an Instagram page, and I just kind of started talking about, you know, how awesome the Whole Thirty was, and then also kind of my struggles of kind of keeping up with that, um, you know, creating a lifestyle around it because I saw in myself what a difference taking those foods out um, made in my health, just a, a, a huge difference. Um, and then so I, you know, I would do the the 30 days and then it kind of would all go downhill. And I ended up um, in this binge restrict cycle. Um, so, you know, I'd restrict, 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 try to do this. And then, and you know, after a week or a couple weeks, you know, I'd binge and binge and binge. And um, so I, I was talking about this as a coach kind of openly, and that drew people to me because lots of people struggle um, with the same thing, not necessarily um, with the Whole30, but dieting in general. You know, it's just kind of a diet thing in general. Um, and so, and also I was um, kind of promoting I shop at Aldi and I shop at Walmart. And so I was kind of showing people that you can, um, you know, eat these, do the Whole30 and um, eat this way without having to shop at Whole Foods and, and everything like this. And so combination of, you know, just timing and luck and the Whole30 team was super supportive. Um, and so, you know, I got all these followers and then I, be- I was nominated um, as the first Whole30 coach of the year at our first coaches summit. So then I got some more followers. I was up to probably, I think like 16,000 followers or so. So, you know, I was, this was kind of my thing. You know, I, I was a coach and I would um, coach groups online um, and also was very open with the fact that I didn't have it all together. Um, and so I would just kind of help people along the way. Um, and then I guess it was two years ago now, at about this time, I started trying um, to lose fat, like intentionally. So this had never been really about weight loss for me. Um, It was just kind of about like trying to get my eating under control, you know. Um, And so about two years ago, I decided that I was going to try um, carb cycling. And that's when like one day you'll eat – um, high carb, low fat. The next day you'll eat low fat, high carb, uh, any combination that you want to try. So I did that for a while and I did lose, I could tell that it was air quotes working, um, to lose fat. Um, and then after a while, I of course lost it as I always did, um, and went into this deep, um, binge for like, a week. So at, when I would binge, it would usually just be like one day. Um, and then I would kind of go back to to restricting in whatever way that I was doing that. But this was like days and days in a row. And I was like, what is going on? It was super scary because anyone who's familiar with binging, um, not just in a general term, but in like binge eating disorder talk. Um, it's, it's very, it's an out of body experience. It's really scary. Um, 
like you feel like you're not in control of what you're doing. It's kind of like you're almost in a, you know, it's almost like you're asleep and you're just stuffing as much as you can into your face and um, eating and eating and eating. And so this was going on for days. And finally, I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what's going on. So I asked Laura, my sister, I said, I need some help. You know, it's, it's too much right now. So she um, got me in touch with um, a therapist. And so I started going to therapy. And, and all of this time, what I had imagined and what I had kind of heard um, was that, you know, these binging, these binging episodes and um, eating disorders was like a mental health issue, right? So, you know, I'm that I'm, I'm doing this because I'm unhappy or, um, you know, I'm self-sabotaging or because of something that happened in childhood or something. But I didn't, I didn't feel any of that. Um, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have any of these, you know, issues. So I started going to a therapist and, um, you know, we talked about my marriage and my childhood and, and stress and being a mom, which is good. It was, it was all good things to talk about. Um, and the therapist, you know, encouraged me to like keep going, you know, with the, with the whole 30 to try to get these like binges under control. Um, and, but I just didn't feel like I was making any progress. I, I, I deep down didn't feel like this was a mental, a mental health, um, issue, but I didn't know what it was. Um, and then it was, I want to say, um, April, let's see, this is 2020. How could I forget? Good grief. (laughs) Um, so I feel like it was April of um, 2019. Somehow I heard of this book called Brain Over Binge by Katherine Hansen, and I read it. And the premise was basically that um, for some people, I will, I would, I will never say that something is true for everyone, never. But for a lot of people, these binges are are not. It's not. It's not a month. You're not doing it because you're sad or to fill this this hole. You're doing it because you're restricting and your body is rebelling against that. Okay, your body is saying no. I I don't want to starve, <laughs> right? Right. Like um, starving is not natural. It's not good for me. I want that fat on my body because that means that I'm safe and well. And um, I just that reading that, and I was like, yes, that is exactly what is going on. So I was trying to fix the binging by more restricting, right? I was like, the more, the more, more rules, more, more restriction, this will help. Well, it was actually the restricting that was causing the binges um, all along. And so, long story short, that day after I read the book, I just quit. I gave it all up um, and all, all the rules, all the restriction, all the trying, which as I said, I'm a nine. So this was like the easiest thing that I have ever done because <laughs> giving up <laughs> and stopping and stop to just stop trying. That's like my dream. Okay. Um, so again, for, for a lot of people, this is not going to be easy for me. It was easy. I just stopped. I gave it all up. Um, and I never binged again because I never restricted again. And so what that looks like in practice is that I just started eating whatever I want, um, whenever I want, with no guilt or shame. doesn't mean anything. It's just food. Um you know, eating one cookie or eating 10 cookies is the same. It's if I want to eat it or if I don't. And it just came very naturally to me. I think the timing was right. I think um, my personality was right for it. Um, and so it, it just happened. And so that part of me just healed. Now, the challenge now is that when I did that, I pretty immediately gained weight, 15 to 20 pounds, um, and I've stayed there. Um, and so what that means is that I'm kind of at my, in my set, where, set range where my body wants to be. And so the challenge now is accepting that, accepting that I will never diet again. I will never intentionally try to lose weight again because um, 
it would be a huge sacrifice um, to my mental health. And so that's hard. That's hard. Um, because in our culture, everything is about getting thinner. You yeah. know, if if you're if you're not trying to get thinner, what are you doing? You know? Um, and so where I am at now is accepting um that this is what I look like when I'm healthy and happy and eating what I want. Food has no power over me any longer. And I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. But do I love my body? No. Um, which is why this whole um, – there's a kind of a, an emerging movement, if you will, called body neutrality, which is kind of where I'm at. Where is that? Again, it's this whole like living in the middle, okay? I don't hate my body. I don't love my body. Um, my body is what it is. This is what my genetics and my current age and my current lifestyle, this is what my body looks like. It's not good. It's not bad. It's who I am. And so that that's kind of where I'm at right now is just um, kind of being neutral <laughs> about yeah. the whole thing. Um, and buying clothes that actually fit my body and not trying not to stress about what that size is. And so that's kind of where I am now. And I don't really talk about this, you know, with my followers or anything. Um, in so many words, I think the way that I live and the things that I do, it might come across a little bit. What do you think? Um, that I'm trying to just be happy with who I am right now. So I have so many things that I, I want to ask you. I Let me back up to what, and, and this is something that I had talked to you about too. So um, episode 30, there was a part one and a part two. I had Shannon on and she is a dietitian, but she doesn't call herself a dietitian in the sense of mm -hmm. a, just a dietitian. She is an intuitive eating Every size, like that. That's she yes. is health, one yeah, health, yes. health at every size. One hundred percent. I will tell you that the two podcast episodes, the one title that I gave it, we are taught we're successful if our body gets smaller. The other title, women face the cultural message: thin is better every single day. You talked about those things just a minute ago. Like we, she, and mm -hmm. that's something that Shannon had always said is we are diet culture that you mm -hmm. are faced with this every single day. Women are faced with this so much. So I started talking to Shannon on my own and um, really trying to get what it meant to be an intuitive eater and the restrictions, because that's exactly what she said. Restrictions, that's the devil. Like when you are telling yourself you can't have something, your body rebels, mm -hmm. like not at first. So she was telling me like, eat it, just eat the pie, eat the cookies, eat whatever you would like with no guilt. And mm -hmm. I started doing that. Mm -hmm. And then that was making me think that I could just eat everything. And I knew that that wasn't right either. Like, I am giving myself permission, but I think I was giving myself permission overboard, if that makes sense. Like, oh, Shannon told you, and this is nothing with Shannon because Shannon and I are still working together, but Shannon told you mm -hmm. just to eat it. And so then I started to back off a little bit and not necessarily going into a diet, but more of a, all right, let's start focusing on the foods that make you feel good, make you overall health wise feel good. And then mm -hmm. if you want to have the added pizza or whatever it is, just do it. And, um, I feel like I did well with that and and continue to do well. I am in the process now of eliminating and I have mostly eliminated gluten because of stomach issues. So now I'm just trying to say, mm -hmm. okay, what is it that I need to feel my best? Well, like you said, and this is where I'm interested in finding out like <laughs> where you go from here is 
I don't love my body. Um, I wouldn't say that I can positively say I don't hate it. I just mm-hmm. haven't accepted it. Like I haven't accepted that A, I'm 43, B, I've had two babies, and C, yeah, I mean, it's just if I'm not I'm genetically not the way I was when I was in my teens or in my 20s. But what I go back to is I have lost weight before. I have done it based on a workout routine and uh, an eating routine. And so in my mind, I think I can go back there because I've done it before. Does that make sense? Oh, of course. Yes. And I still, I for sure still get that urge. Um, But did you, was that sustainable? Did your body like to be there or did you have to fight it? Well, here's the problem. And this is what I talked to Shannon about too, is I never thought it was good enough. So I can look back at those pictures. Let's just use the wedding as an example. I was working out all the time. I mean, people were telling me that I looked so amazing. I mean, that's what you, you know, Ugh. a lot of women want. You want your you want your yeah. wedding dress to be and I didn't see it. And I'll look back at those pictures now and be like, "Why didn't you see it?" Like that was you were in great shape, but I didn't see it. I never see it. I mm-hmm. never So that's the, that's the other problem. Like I also go through the whole cycle of, you know, I see people that work out a lot that, that that's in their blood. And I think to myself, well, why can't that happen to me? Like I can go 30 days, 45 days, whatever of working out. And then all of a sudden just be done. Like, and again, mm-hmm. bringing it up with Shannon, I said, you know, I worked my butt off before my wedding. And the minute we got home from Mexico, I went to the gym like two more times and then I was done. And she was like, because there was an mm-hmm. end goal. There was a restriction. That's what mm-hmm. it was. It wasn't a, I want to do this for me. It was all of that. So, so then I get conflicted again because you, yeah, I just told you, I didn't think I looked my best then. And so I doubt I ever will think that. Yeah. And, and that's really hard. Um, and I hate that for you. I hate that for everybody. I hate that for me. Um, which is why it's, it's such a process of just like every day going like, this is who I am. I, I can't, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight with my body anymore. Yeah. That's how I feel. It's I I I can't. I there's too much good. There are too many good things in life to spend it doing that. Um and so I'm just not going to. Like it's a choice. It's just a choice that you have to make every day. Um and you do, you know, maybe we will never get to like loving the way that we look. Um but maybe we can live in the middle. And something you brought up that I don't know why I've never really taken this into consideration is our our personalities. So obviously I'm going to handle it differently than you because Mm -hmm. of, I believe my Enneagram was the one that was the most dominant was a five, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, But what's really interesting is that when I look at you and I don't want to be a make you creeped out. But like, yeah. I look at you and I am like, oh my gosh, I love her fashion sense. I've actually said this to you. So I love your fashion sense. Mm-hmm. I think that you look amazing in everything that you're wearing. Like when you talk to me about not loving your body and not wanting to see the the number on the clothes, the size, like I don't even again, it's, it's perspective. Like, I don't even think that that's an issue for you. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that's you quote unquote, wear it well. I mean, like you really truly do. Like I, I look at you and I don't even think of any of those things. And like, how could you even be wrestling with those thoughts? Right. And let me tell you, that the 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 fittest thinnest person that you know feels the same way. 
we all do. Like like you said, when you were the the smallest you were in your wedding dress, you felt the same way that you do now. Yeah. Right? So right. why <laughs> so why work so hard to feel the same way? You know, just live. Just live. Oh, it's, we could talk about this for five hours. I'm not I even know. joking. Like, there's so much more that I want to say. Well, do you have, like, when you were talking about how the being in body neutrality and, like, like, are, are there any things, resources, anything that you are using or have heard of to help with that whole concept? Okay. So here's the thing. When I, that day that I gave it all up, right, I unfollowed everyone. Um, so like I had so many friends in the Whole30 community. I unfollowed them all. I unfollowed everyone, everything that would make me want to go back. Um, I just had to. This was like, you know, this is my recovery and I'm still in recovery. Um, so I unfollowed all of them. Um, which was very, which was the best, which was the right thing to do. Okay. Um, and um, so just recently, probably, so it's so weird because all of these things kind of came to me intuitively. Um, like I said, I did read that book, but it just made so much sense to me. And I, I just kind of like did what I did intuitively. And now probably in the last... Um, I don't know, six months or so, I've started following, um, you know, like some intuitive eating people. But even like, this is like so me, even the term like intuitive eating kind of connotates that you're like thinking about it. Right. You know, no, I don't want to think about it. Like, so I don't even call myself an intuitive eater because that implies like you're doing work. Um, (laughs) like, no, like I, I, I'm not, I'm not thinking about it at all. Um, except during certain times, which we have talked about before, and I don't know if we'll have time to talk about now, but, um, there are some like health issues that arise sometimes, um, when I have to remove, um, gluten and sugar from my diet just to, for a a few days, just until those things clear up. That's a whole other conversation. Um, (laughs) Anyway, what was I talking about? (laughs) Uh, So anyway, just in the past six months, I've started following um, more people on Instagram who look like me, who are bigger than me, um, who, you know, are talking about this kind of anti-diet culture. Um, And again, even like with them, I'm I'm kind of like, that's that's too far the other way. and I'm still kind of here in the middle, but I, I'm I'm balancing out um, my feed, you know, so that yeah. I, I see more people who look like me, and I see more people who are saying, you know, restriction is what causes the binges. Restriction is what causes, you know, the the poor relationship with food. Um, you know, everyone has a, a set weight range, and um, you know, if you if you see someone who is who is thin that that you want to look like, it's either because A, genetically that's just how they look, or B, they are, you know, working and and having to fight against their bodies in a way that I just don't want to do. I'm yeah. over that. Um, so genetically, this is what I look like when I'm not fighting my body. And so I'm following people who are who are saying these things and I, but I'm taking them with a grain of salt too. You know, and I, I'm seeing how does that match up with with what I'm feeling, with how I'm living, with how I want to live, um, how I interact with other people who who say things about their bodies. So basically, at this point, I I will never comment on someone's body. I don't think I ever did. I I just wouldn't ever comment on someone's body time unless we were having a conversation like this. And I'm still not going to comment on your body. And I I make it a a point to not say anything derogatory about food, just in like casual conversation. Like I'll never say, oh, I shouldn't be eating this or um, Uh. I'll never say, I'll never comment on what someone else is eating. Um, That's just not something that I'm going to do. I feel like that's just my one little like F you to diet culture. Yes. You know, Um, I will never apologize or 
or deride myself for something that I eat. And I can honestly say this, which is shocking. So I don't know. It's been like a year and a half. I've not like I've not regretted one thing that I've eaten since that day. I wouldn't take anything back, um, which is mind-blowing coming from someone who would binge and feel such shame about it. I mean, just the the shame of it all was, oh, just it makes me want to cry and throw up all at the same time right now just thinking about it. And that just is gone. Um, it's so, it's so, so much freedom just to, just to eat and not <laughs> apologize for it or feel that it's wrong. And I can't even say like, you could do this too. You know, like you can get here too, because I don't know that, you know, everyone, everyone is, is different. And so again, you know, it's like, what can you do to again, say, you know, my body's not as bad as I think it is. Um, I might not ever love it. Um, can I just try to accept it for what it is right now? You know, um, and I all I want to say that I'm I'm saying this as someone with the privilege of being able to go into a store and and buy something to wear. Um, I'm saying with the privilege of being able. So I went to Six Flags last weekend. And so I'm I'm a size 12 slash 14, depending on the brand. Um, and I was barely fitting in some of these roller coaster seats. So I'm I'm able to say this as someone who who can, you know, move about life in, in this world and still do what I want to do. And there are people in bigger bodies that don't get to do that. And so I would never um dismiss their struggles as well, that this, the world is not, you know, always set up for them. And I think that's terrible. And I think that sucks really, really hard. Because for anyone, people of all sizes to accept that, you know, like genetically, this is who I am. This is what I look like. This is my size when I'm not fighting my body, when I'm happy. Um, and I want everybody to be able to live there um, comfortably and happily. And it's not, it's, it's not the case right now. I hope someday it will be. So again, like I can only speak for myself and just kind of live the way that I want everyone to be able to live. And, um, that's really all I can do. (laughs) You gave me some great things to think about and, um, yeah, just being neutral. All right, we can't we can't end like this. We're gonna end, but we got to talk about something funny to um, wrap up this conversation. And I don't know what it would be. Uh, maybe you have something that you would like to suggest. Oh, maybe your Hallmark movies. <laughs> yes. So I have never watched Hallmark Christmas movies before. Um, I don't know. I think we never had the channel or something. Um, it just never really interested me. Um, but anyway, one of my friends at work um, <laughs> like loves Hallmark Christmas movies. And so I was like, well, I'm going to just watch one just to like have something to talk about with this person. And um, so I watched the first one. Um, there was just one randomly available. Um you know, on my, on my TV last weekend. So I watched it and I was like, okay, this is cool. And then, um, so Laura and her girls, um, her daughter, Audrey, my niece loves Hallmark Christmas movies. And so we were decided we were going to have this marathon yesterday. Okay. So we watched five Hallmark Christmas movies and I, you know, I rate, I rated them all, um, you know, based on these like categories and, and some of a couple of them were really bad and a couple of them were really good. And so now, okay, I love, I hate to say my followers. I hate that. So I'll just call them my Instagram <laughs> friends. Um, so now all of my Instagram friends, you know, they want me to make a highlight out of all these stories and they, they want me to watch all of them and rate them all so that they know, uh, you know, which ones to watch. And I'm like, people let me live. 
Let me live. We need you to um, do all the stuff for right? us. They're, right? They're like, try all the Starbucks drinks so we know what to get. Watch all the Hallmark movies so we know what to watch. Try on all these clothes so we know what to buy. And I'm saying it like it's annoying. It's really not. Like, it's fun. Like, this is the, you know, this is the community. And people trust me because they know I am not easily impressed. Right. Um, but also, like, when so- if like if I say something is good, like, probably for most people it's good. Okay. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about the underwear. Oh, just- yeah. Oh, there's no good underwear, Jill. There's not. <laughs> so I did. Yeah, Sarah said she was going to try these underwear and let get back to all of us. I was like, yes, please tell me. And no, no go. So no. yes, it's those things. Hallmark, Starbucks, baby carrots, underwear. Right. Like, it's just like, it's all, it, it could be what you never know what's going to happen. Right. So I think I am going to order this other kind of underwear, but they're super expensive. I don't know. Do I even care that much about underwear? Do I, Jill? I don't know. So I might try it. Like I might buy it for myself for Christmas. Um, and of course I will let you know, but I was gonna say <laughs> you know, I don't, I just don't think there's any like actual good underwear out there. And then, you know, I will get comments. Oh, this, try this underwear. It's the best. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's the best for you. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. This has been so fantastic. Sarah, I appreciate you. And I just love you. I love you too. Um, and can I say how much I love to see you at work? Oh my gosh, you, Jill like works there now. Okay. I forgot to mention that. Like at the beginning, I was saying how you you are like so responsible for a lot of my per- personal and professional assets now because of Messiah. Yes, I I am working at our church. Um, like, you, like you have a desk and like desk. an office um, and you just like walking by sometimes like, hey, I just work here. Like what? <laughs> it's so fun. It's so well, fun. When I found out when you were going to start working there, because now my oldest daughter, Lou, goes to school at Messiah Lutheran. When I found out Sarah was going to be working there like every day, I was so excited. I know she doesn't do anything with Lou, but I just knew that she would be there and it made me so happy. And now when I can walk by and see you and I just, it just, it brings me so much joy. Too. Me too. Loving the people that you work with is like the best thing ever. It really is. You're so awesome. Thank you for sharing your story. Oh, you're welcome. Let's get to this week's Supermom shout out. Nominated by Michelle, she is nominating her best friend, Amy of O'Fallon, Missouri. Her email says, hi, Jill. My best friend, Amy, is a supermom. She's a single mom going to school to get her master's, works for Sacred Grounds Coffee Truck. She's actually a founder of that company, and she volunteers for our church, Peace Lutheran. She helps me with all my volunteer projects as well. Her daughter, Kylie, is absolutely amazing. She does gymnastics and just started Girl Scouts. Kylie keeps Amy pretty busy, yet Amy is able to do everything I listed and do it well. Amy. I see you and I support you. If you have a Supermom shout-out nomination, email me, hello at jilldevine.com. Tell me your name, where she's from, and why she deserves that Supermom shout-out. And I want to thank you for tuning in to Two Kids in a Career. Your support of this podcast means so much to me. You can always tell your friends or family. I won't be mad about that. And also follow along on Instagram at Jill Devine and online, jilldevine.com. If you would like, you could subscribe, you could rate, and you could review the podcast. And by doing that, it just means that the podcast will get a little bit more notice and into the hands of others. So again, thank you for your support and for listening to Two Kids and a Career.